0: It's great to have you tuning into Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier.
1: We're calling this series of podcasts, "Reform." We'll be sharing how Soul Shepherding can help you to be reformed by God's grace to be more like Jesus.
0: During this series, you'll experience some of our teaching from our Institute in Spiritual Formation and Soul Care.
1: Registration is open for the next Soul Shepherding Institute community of pastors and all kinds of men and women in ministry. We'd love to have you join us.
0: Soul Talks friends, we love hearing from you. Thank you for taking time to comment on our website or through Facebook or email through our webpage. It's a great gift to be connected with you and to see some of you in person when we're speaking or when you bring us to your area. It's wonderful to be in community with you following Jesus together. We hope you've been enjoying these podcasts where we're inviting you to hear a little of our teaching at the Soul Shepherding Institute. This is actually our last podcast in this series we've been calling Reform. And on today's podcast, we're inviting you into the fourth day of our spiritual formation retreat at the Institute. In this day, we're teaching very practically from our learnings and our studies in psychology and spiritual formation, our walk with the Lord, and the many thousands of hours we've spent in the pool of pain with people. And so we're talking about how it's really possible to grow to become more like Jesus. Religion in itself isn't enough. Just trying hard to do it right isn't enough. These are things we've been talking about on this day four. And what you're going to hear today is a story that Bill is sharing with you. It's a seven-minute recording sharing of working with a pastor who came to us for help. We don't often get to share with you the work of transformation that God does in the lives of his people. So we're hopeful that you will be encouraged with what you hear and join us in praising God for his loving grace in the action of the life of one of the many people who've been privileged to receive healing and grow and change to be formed like Christ. In this example today, Bill's changed the name of this person to protect confidentiality and know, is really careful to share in, in a way that protects the identity of this pastor. So, don't worry about that. As the recording starts, he's sharing the story of a pastor for today's purposes at the Institute we call Reggie. Reggie didn't know how to turn over his life and will to God. Listen with us
1: Uh, Step three in AA is made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Here is the story of Reggie, an alcoholic, who in his counseling and uh, 12-step work is learning to turn his will and his life over to God. Okay? So Reggie grew up in a religious family with five kids. His parents provided well for his physical needs, but not his emotional needs. His dad was a busy doctor who hardly ever spent time with him. His mom was emotionally reactive and judgmental of people. Reggie had to always look and act like a good Christian. That was his family was very religious, okay, very Christian, very devout in going to church. So even as an adult, he went to seminary and became a pastor. But the responsibilities of ministry and caring for other people weighed him down. He got tired of always being good and helpful and always doing what's right. And he became increasingly depressed. So he started drinking. Then he started looking at pornography. He wanted to feel free and alive. He worked so hard, he felt he needed a little something extra that would help him to feel good. Remember, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. That's where Reggie is. He came to me for therapy, and so I helped him in a lot of things in a progression. Here, here's some of the key themes I helped him to feel his emotions and learn to meet his emotional needs in healthy relationships rather than acting out with alcohol and sex. In the 12 steps, we talk about acting out where you have an unmet need, a hurt, a stress, and rather than feeling that and talking it out with somebody safe, to work it out in a relationship and get your needs met, you you act it out, meaning that unmet need impels you to act in a, a foolish, unhealthy way and drink, in his case, or use pornography as coping mechanisms to feel better, but it's really just making his life worse. Because remember, everybody needs a straight line. We talked about that. Everybody needs an attachment. Reggie's attachment had become <laughs> alcohol and pornography. That's where he was getting his feel good because he was so depleted in ministry. So I showed him how to get connection in a relationship with somebody who listens to you and helps you talk through and work through your stuff and how to receive comfort in that way, how to receive it not just from me, but from his sponsor, from his small group, things like that. He's doing twelve step work, and there's a lot that goes into twelve step work. They got twelve steps. There's group meetings. There's working with a sponsor. There's workbooks, readings, and so forth. We had him work with a medical doctor for a while for some medicine to help him with the depression because he was self medicating with the uh, with the alcohol and with the pornography. Pornography is like, and you got this biochemical manufacturing plant inside your body that gets all excited and it's like an antidepressant that's going on there with the the pornography use. Part of calming that down was a different way of taking care of himself chemically while he's benefiting from the therapy in the 12 steps. So now here, this is really interesting. I had him do something I sometimes do with people is we, we pull out an empty chair and we put Jesus in the empty chair. And I guided him in having an honest conversation with Jesus, really honest. And so he says, Lord Jesus, I serve you as a pastor, but I don't really believe in you anymore. I don't turn to you for comfort and help. I drink wine and look at pornography. There's a lot of therapy that went into him being able to say this, this honestly and directly and to to feel sad about the state that he'd come into. He says, being a Christian Christian. Being a pastor just feels grim and dutiful. It's hard to always do what's right and good. I'm tired of caring for people. I'm tired of teaching the Bible. I'm tired of being a leader and an example. What's in it for me? Then I had Reggie change chairs. What do you suppose the Lord Jesus might say to you about this? So here's what he has Jesus saying to him. I'm so disappointed in you, Reggie. Nobody would want you as a pastor or even as a friend if they knew about these sins. You're a hypocrite. So I said to Reggie, I'm really sad for you. Your understanding of God is that he's very harsh with you. There's no compassion for how you're hurting or how tired you are. There's no mercy and forgiveness for your sins and your struggles. The next week, he missed his appointment. he rescheduled then he missed that one and rescheduled seven times he scheduled and missed his appointment i kept praying for him but i was afraid i wouldn't see him again clearly talking to jesus in the empty chair had freaked him out i had thought i was being led by the holy spirit and doing this exercise but at this point i severely doubted that and, I, you know, I would call him back on the phone and get his voicemail and send uh, up trading voicemails a bunch of times. And he kept saying he wanted to come back in. Then after two months of missed appointments, he showed up at my office without an appointment. And amazingly, I was available. I didn't just hang around my office when I didn't have appointments very often. So uh, he sat down and he handed me a big check. <laughs> It's like covering all his appointments, And he said, I'm ready to continue my conversation with Jesus. That was a turning point. Right there, he turned his will and his life over to God. I was able to help him come to a new understanding and image of God in a fresh experience of God's grace and mercy. He experienced a deep emotional healing and learned to bond in a relationship. He learned to live a sober life and to bring his emotions and needs to safe people and to God rather than to alcohol and sex. And he's flourishing as a pastor today, many people appreciating his ministry. And so that's a picture of the kingdom of God. Reggie learned how to bring his alcohol and pornography problem into the range of God's effective will and in the course of doing that, to receive God's compassion and mercy.
0: Well, I'm praising God for his work of grace in Reggie's life. And for those of you who donate to Soul Jeopardy to support this work that he's called Bill and I to do, we couldn't do it without you. Thank you. It's a joy for us to see the life of a pastor and a leader healed because they overflow that to the people they minister to. And your formation in Christ or your malformation also affects the people that you influence in your life. God has put people in the life to each one of you that you have an impact in. I just pray that you know how loved by God each one of you are. Bill and I are so grateful to have you join us here in the ministry of soul shepherding following Jesus as the shepherd of our souls. Oh, how we each need him. Growing us, shepherding us, healing us, teaching us, leading us on this journey in the life that we each have uniquely. Well, if you or someone you know is interested in the Soul Shepherding Institute, you can apply online on our website, soulshepherding.org. And if God leads you to donate to a scholarship a person in full-time ministry to attend, that would be a blessing. We get emails often of people applying. For scholarships, they'd love to attend, but ministry budgets are, are slim and tight, and um, so we need, we need people to help subsidize the costs. As we close out today's podcast, I'd like to pray for you. Lord Jesus, thank you for my friend listening today with me. I ask that you would give them courage, to be honest with you, to open their soul to your healing touch. And grace. I ask Jesus that you would show them your goodness and gently reveal to them the attachments or addictions that are keeping them from attaching to you and receiving your love in the depth of their soul. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're their wonderful counselor, forming them in the likeness of Jesus, our Savior, Teacher, King, Shepherd and friend. Amen.
1: It's easy to get so busy that we neglect our soul. That's why we created the Soul Shepherding Institute for you.
0: Each of our institute retreats is five days of inspiring teaching, guided experiences with spiritual disciplines, rest, and soul talks. You'll be a part of an authentic community of pastors and other men and women who are serving the Lord in ministry, family, or business.
1: Additionally, you have the option to earn a certificate in the Ministry of Spiritual Direction. This track features monthly online classes, readings, and supervised ministry.
0: To learn more, visit soulshepherding.org. It'd be fun to have you in our next community.